0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Under the locks and throw away the keys. And take off your shoes and socks and run you.
1: I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan. Jesse, go! home
0: free. La, 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 la.
1: This week on Jordan Jesse Go Face Off or 30 years of exemplary customer service. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. No guest this week, Jordan. Zero guest. You asked for it. <laughs> A we- guest forgot which date he was supposed to be coming in. We delivered it.
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, against our own wishes. And our better judgment. Oh, yeah, that too. So, yeah, no, I mean, this is truly seat of our pants. I mean, I didn't have really anything prepared. <laughs> and was I mean... Uh, and the guest we were going to have in—I guess we won't spoil it because we hope to have them back.
1: Right, and he—and he, and it was—it was not a Rutger Hauer situation no. where it was a questionable excuse. Yeah, it was a—it was a mistake, sure, that happened. Mm-hmm. Mistakes happen,
2: you know. And the guest is a great guy, uh, um, very prestigious career, uh, famous for being kind of a chatterbox. So I purposefully, kind of mentally coasted leading up to the podcast and the guest I was got Mar- guest
1: guest was mario lopez
2: it was mario lopez <laughs> i mean you know first 30 minutes dancing with the stars uh, right second 30 minutes america's best dance crew i don't know i don't even know if we would get to access hollywood before our time was up yeah that's that's how much material lopez brings to the table <laughs> holy shit I just forgot he was on Saved by the Bell.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. There was a character named Jesse on that. (laughs) I'm going to want to ask him about that. Right. If it's weird to talk to me when he worked on a show with a character named Jesse. They were
2: romantically linked on the show, too.
1: And now that me and Mario Lopez are romantically linked, is this
2: weird? Man. I mean, this is going to have to be a two-parter when we finally lay it down, I think.
1: Uh, uh, Can I ask you a question, Jordan? You may. You, you probably meet people who aspire to be Mario Lopez sure. in your career as a yes. pseudo entertainment journalist. Yes, this
2: is the yes, this is the main kind of colleague that I have.
1: This is the single career in the world that is has is the least a thing.
2: Yes. I think I mean I and I may have said this on the show before, but I think the the the, the best way to describe these people, the aspiring Mario Lopez's and, oh God, who's his female equivalent? I don't know.
1: Mary Hart?
2: Mary Hart, sure. Uh, the, 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 the aspiring Mario Lopez's and Mary Hart's and Mark McGrath's of the world. <laughs> uh, you think, of, think of an L.A. actor. Think of, think of all the bad qualities you associate with L.A. actor. Now take away any concern with creativity.
1: <laughs> What's, this, is an in, this is the interesting thing to me about it, because mm. I feel like if you are Mark McGrath, Mm -hmm. You're in the band Sugar Ray, sure. You want a lot of money for a charity on Celebrity Jeopardy? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody just... You don't necessarily pursue that job.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I think Mark McGrath it was probably dropped into his lap. And I, 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 I have met Mark McGrath on a few occasions. Seems like a nice guy. Seems to have a sense of humor about himself. Yeah,
1: and and uh, hey, look, as anyone who you just met at a party will tell you, mm-hmm. he did great on Celebrity
2: Jeopardy. Right. Absolutely. Um. But no. So I mean, maybe I maybe I'm wrong there... to include Mark McGrath in with those.
1: No, but I mean, no. And, I'm, and probably that's what happened with Mario Lopez too. Right? No,
2: you're right. You're you're probably right about that. Yeah, maybe he he was on.
1: But there are people who aspire to this right. as their career.
2: Right. Sure. Without trying to defame McGrath or Lopez, yes, there are assholes who want nothing more than to because I'm not going to lie, gab you. Inanely with celebrities.
1: If somebody offered me, <laughs> you know, a hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. to be Mario Lopez. I mean, I probably do. I probably sure. take that job. Absolutely. I'm not going to turn down that job. It's probably fun. But the question is, I think who is the person who pursues that job right. as a life goal?
2: Yeah. Like yes. Mary Hart. That is a person Yeah, a person who likes movies but not art. <laughs> you know, like a, but doesn't like see that there there's a link between them. I feel like that
1: is I I feel like in Los Angeles there is this whole group of people that I didn't know before mm-hmm. who are absolutely passionate about film, but hate art.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, but but like visual art? What's the... No,
1: no. Hate film as an art form.
2: <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that seems to be the entertainment reporters of the world.
1: That is such a strange... Like, who is like so... Pa- like, it's one thing to be really passionate about, I don't know, uh, E.T. or something. Something that is like mainstream, but meritorious. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there there are a lot, I feel like I see on television or interact with people who are really passionate about the entertainment business, Mm -hmm. really passionate about film and television, and really passionate about, like, outsourced.
2: Sure. I mean, is this maybe the same kind of instinct that leads someone to be passionate about, like, baseball but not athletics?
1: I don't know. I always... Like, someone who just
2: loves the numbers of baseball. Like, someone who collects the stats in their head but isn't... but doesn't love... Running? I don't know. Is no, that... because,
1: because here's the thing. Like, that is what I imagined. Mm-hmm. What I imagined was, before I moved to Los Angeles, what I imagined was that people who worked in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. all the people who were in comedy aspire to be Woody Allen sure. or Albert Brooks, and all the people who were in dramatic film all aspire to be whatever, Fastbinder or something. Sure. Um, and... And there are people like that. Sure. I want to make it clear. This is not everyone. Yeah. But I did not know that there was a category of person for whom, like, their dream is to create, like, Back to the Future.
2: Yeah, well, And that's not against Back to the Future. I even want to draw more of a distinction between this kind of person and the entertainment reporter. Because I feel like you talk to, you know, think about, think about... Douchebag actor twenty seven B. You know he's got an outrageous shirt on. He's he's thirty two. He's got on an outrageous shirt from Urban Outfitters that uh-huh. says, "I don't know." Kentucky is for lovers. Virginia is for lovers. Right. Uh, he's thirty two. He's got that, that is t-
1: pretty outrageous. By on. the way, he's,
2: he's very good looking. I'm
1: literally holding my hat on right now because you almost blew it off right, with, with the outrageousness outrageous th- of that to example. Think about
2: that slogan. Um, yeah. So there's this guy, and he sucks. Yes. But if for some reason you're in a room and you have to talk to him long enough, Uh which I often do, right? this is a guy who's been to like a lot of acting classes and has maybe been in, not by choice or necessarily, but has been in a David Mamet play or had to do some Shakespeare in college. So this guy sucks and would like nothing more than to be in the next Transformers movie. But is kind of aware that, like, acting is an art and there's a technique to it and that there are non-Transformers movies out there. And I think that, like, and, you know, maybe, like, took an elementary film theory class or something like that. And, like, if you can find that level, like, if you have to talk with this guy, you can find that level to connect with him on. the And, you know, he's, he's probably, you know, maybe likes Woody Allen movies or something just because he needs a fallback smart guy thing to be interested in in case he or ever has to talk about it. But yes, and I think when you do, that's where this guy is different from the entertainment reporters, is that those guys don't even give a fuck about that stuff. Like, <laughs> they just want, you know, they just assume that Kate Hudson is great.
1: Well, here's the thing. Our, our friend Adam Lissigor, Lonely Sandwich from uh, the You Look Nice Today podcast, mm-hmm. uh, worked, uh, you know, these days he works independently. He makes his own uh, short films and so forth. Sure. Um, But there was a time when he worked in the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And he worked on this movie called Torqued. Yes um, Starring Adam Scott mm-hmm. uh, The wonderful Adam Scott
2: Lawrence Fishburne too, right?
1: No, uh, Ice Cube
2: Nope. Oh, racist Yeah <laughs> I, I just, the, the careers of Lawrence Fishburne and Ice Cube are relatively parallel, aren't they?
1: Sure, well they both rose to prominence with their politically incendiary lyrics Sure uh, Of course as Wait, hold on, let's Google talks. Teenagers, they were both in Apocalypse Now Sure uh why are we Googling torch? I don't know. I feel like maybe Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Lawrence Fishburne was not in it because okay. I saw it in the oh, okay. screening here in Los Angeles. Okay. It's frankly, like it's not even that bad. It's monumentally stupid. Yeah. Uh, but Adam Scott is actually kind of great in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ice Cube. I just like Ice Cube. <laughs> sure. I'm not going to lie to you, Jordan. No, no, yeah. I just like Ice Cube.
2: Both Cube and T, I think, are fun to watch on screen.
1: There's this... Uh, I personally have, I think, a a very deep reservoir of positive emotions uh, based on the film Three Kings mm-hmm. for both Ice Cube and Marky Mark. Sure. Both of them... I yeah. mean, I'm careful, to, I, I'm careful to avoid the terrible things they do. Mm-hmm. However, I have a lot of positive feelings for them based on that.
2: Yeah. No, no. I think if you do... Yeah. I think you can have positive feelings about a performer or artist just based on a good thing if you are careful to sidestep all of their bad things.
1: Uh, and especially because Ice Cube uh, also is one of the greatest rappers of all time. So that also helps sure. with Ice Cube. Marky Mark, less so. Mm-hmm. Less uh, achievement the in that ten, particular... Top 10, though, story. certainly. Yeah, Sure. Okay, sure. top ten rappers of all time. Yeah, top ten rappers slash Does, underwear is, is models. Is what he
2: did considered rapping? Didn't he? He rapped. I, I, he was. Was he a new kid or was that his brother? His brother was uh, in the new yeah, kids. Unclear.
1: He was in Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, mm-hmm. which was they did rap. Okay. He did rap. Funky Bunch. What yeah.
2: was the Funky Bunch? His band or were they? What is what constituted the Funky Bunch?
1: It was his gang of handsome boys.
2: Okay. Did they? Then they rapped. Or did they just hang I around him? I think.
1: Look, this is we'd have to get our friend Matt Belknap on the phone because sure. uh, he's really the expert, being from Massachusetts and a fan of hip hop music from nineteen eighty six to nineteen eighty nine. Mm. Um, but I think that only Marky Mark rapped, and the Funky Bunch were dancers or something. Okay, um, but I might be wrong, and they might have all danced. No, they might have all rapped. Okay. They definitely all danced.
2: But rapping, like, it wasn't an R&B thing. Like, he, he rapped.
1: Yeah, it okay. was definitely a rap thing. So, anyway, um, Adam worked on this movie called Torqued. Mm-hmm. And the guy who directed this movie, uh, Torqued, I, I don't recall this guy's name, um, he got this gig because he had directed a bunch of really high-budget Britney Spears videos. Sure. And I don't mean literally Britney Spears videos. At least one of them was a Britney Spears video. But, like, maybe he directed that Backstreet, like, that sync video where they're all marionettes. Okay. Um, so, I don't know if he conceived of that powerful mm-hmm. metaphor, but... Um, he at least executed it.
2: Stop cutting critique of the music industry. And this is, and when
1: I was talking to Adam about what it was like to be on the set of this film, he said that...
2: What did he do on it? What was his job?
1: Ah, uh, you know, he was like a second camera something or... Like a
2: loader, maybe? Yeah, I don't know For what sure. he was. Okay.
1: something, Something like that. Or he did post-production on it or... I don't know. He did something and he was on the set of this film. Um, I know that when Adam Scott was on The Sound of Young America, uh, uh, Adam Lissagore asked me to convey his fond regards Mm -hmm. and tell him how great he was in Twerk, Sure. Which I confirmed after watching it. Um, And he said that basically the guy who directed this movie, there were a few things that he wanted to do in this movie. He had a few ideas. He had this idea for uh, a thing where they're riding motorcycles on top of a train. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, He had like a couple of set pieces in mind. And Adam said that he was essentially openly contemptuous of the actors and of the (laughs) script. So basically, this was a guy who was directing a feature film, not because he ever aspired to be a great filmmaker. His only interest was directing Britney Spears videos. You know what I mean? Like, there was no... He wasn't directing... He wasn't like Spike Jones directing music videos because he wants a p- great place where he can really stretch his wings creatively and sure. so on and so forth. This was a guy who got tens of millions of dollars right? Uh, with no ambition to do anything with it at all.
2: Although, isn't, like, isn't there something to be said for, like, I mean, and not, and obviously this isn't how you want people making movies, but, like, I don't know. I feel like I have met these guys that are just obsessed with, like, After Effects and, like, and, like, guys who do just want to make the craziest possible train stunt possible. At least that's something. And I get, like, and yes, obviously, you know, like, You know, that's what makes – it's what what defines, like, a classic action movie like Die Hard from, you know, just whatever it is Nicolas Cage happens to be in at the moment. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have met this type of guy a lot, just the guy who is obsessed with, like, lenses and shutter speeds and, like – I mean, yes, doesn't know what a person is like and maybe is a little bit autistic, but, like, I don't know. I'm kind thing. of impressed by that a little bit.
1: Shouldn't that person be in charge of lenses and shutter, shutter yes, speeds and absolutely. not directing?
2: Absolutely. And, because I, think, and the, I think it is a budgetary concern why you put Asperger's shutter speed guy in charge of the whole movie. <laughs> uh, it's probably because a real director will want some money. Um, but, yes, but, I, I, but I, do, I, I do think that that is a thing Necessary thing And it it is cool But yes Also don't let that guy Direct the movie Anyway
1: That's I mean that's the thing Because there are Certainly people Who aspire to To be the greatest Key grip Sure In the world There are craftspeople Who want And there's people Who want to be To stage the coolest Action scenes of all time Or whatever mm-hmm. um, And I don't really Have any problem with that I don't even think like Like, I don't have any problem with someone who aspires to make action movies that are as great as, like, the greatest Jackie Chan movies or something, you know, like... The the most elegant action movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to me. I, I was just surprised that people could make it to the top of show business or just become successful with no artistic ambition at all. Sure, I figured that people who were there had a lot of talent mm-hmm. and had compromised their ambition. Yeah, yeah. But actually, no. Hollywood, in part, is looking for people who are uh, at least somewhat talented and also have no ambition. Uh, To just do yeah, Who
2: will do what they say And then also ask not Uh, You know and I think when you do get into that low budget action movie world The world of the Torx And the Aliens versus Predators Requiems Yeah (laughs) Other movies Adam's worked on um, And Skyline or something like that When you do get into that like Well we gotta make this for 20 million bucks Just so we can sell it in Germany
1: I think the company that Adam used to work for made Skyline
2: yeah, I, 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 yes, I am thinking <laughs> specifically about the guys who directed Aliens vs. Predator, Requiem, and Skyline. Yeah. Are the two, That's are who these, Adam- like, two brothers who are just aspergers Shutter Speed guys. Um, Yeah, and, and yes, and I think that, that, like, when you are in that low-budget action movie zone, like, you do just have to get a guy who was in charge of post-production... For James Cameron, somewhere down the line, and say, want to make a movie, sort of like how they
1: hired the guy who like ran the second team on—I don't know—my filmmaking terms. I think it's called the second <laughs> yeah, team, second unit, maybe the red shirt, the red shirt quarterback sure. of mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars Episode One, right? Uh, to make bat- Battlefield Earth? Earth,
2: yeah, yeah, that's a good example for sure.
1: Have you? Did you ever? Have you ever seen watch Battlefield Earth? I did. One? I
2: watched it in the. I watched it in the theaters. I definitely Battlefield Earth came out.
1: Did we watch it together in the theater?
2: No, we. Did, it came out when we were in high school. Did it? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I definitely saw it in the theater in Santa Cruz. Okay, but I am a year older than yeah. you, so it might have been when I was no, eighteen I think, and like, you were seventeen.
2: Yeah, late into high school was definitely when I was as obsessed with Mystery Science Theater three thousand as I've ever been, and I definitely uh-huh. had like to two buddies who were also obsessed, and we would go see bad movies on purpose.
1: I remember that I went to see that. I, I do not... I, I've i never... I don't think I've ever gone to another bad movie on purpose sure. besides Battlefield well, It was Earth.
2: like... I mean, it was like one of those things that was famous for being bad before it even came out. You know, like it yeah. wasn't... It didn't like gather this cult following or something. No, it, but was, it was
1: legendary like, by the time it hit this theaters. This gonna be bad, yeah. And I, I remember that I wanted... I had heard that Norm Macdonald's movie, Screwed, Mm -hmm. was horrible. Yeah. But I wanted to do something to encourage Hollywood to let Norm Macdonald make more movies because (laughs) I like dirty work so much. Sure.
2: What's not to love about dirty
1: work? (laughs) And I kind of wanted to know what Battlefield Earth was. Yeah. But I didn't want to give it any money. And I I think me and uh, Tyler McNiven, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, sometime Jordan Jesse Go guest and... uh, Famous battle. Oh, what's that thing called that he won? That he Battlefield won a, Earth. <laughs> yes,
2: no. Battlefield Race. Amazing Race.
1: Amazing Race. Um, amazing Race winner <laughs> Tyler. I think me and Tyler uh, uh, decided to spend eight dollars. Maybe even Gene. Big time yeah, Gene yeah. O'Neill went with us. Spend eight dollars on screwed and go see Battlefield Earth. Um, I remember just a lot of like uh, weird wipes.
2: Yeah, sure. A lot of mid-wipes. Just a lot of just... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, it seems that seems to be the thing. They did get the guy from, like, the second unit of Star Wars to direct it. And it seems like that's that's one of the things they got from Star Wars was that it's wipe style. Center
1: out yeah. scene transitions. For sure. And also people running through debris. That's the two things mm-hmm. I remember from, from Battlefield. And that Builder. was
2: definitely at the height of crazy acting john travolta like he was like <laughs> off of like face off and broken arrow where he was just acting like like, like a, a madman a nut yeah and then and this is the movie that that all culminated in
1: um i have uh, i have important news jordan sure thank you today as we record this program it is my thirtieth birthday.
2: Oh well, happy birthday! I mean, I know it was your. I know this is around the time of your birthday. I don't know the exact date of your birthday because I'm a bad friend in person. Mm-hmm, but, sure, uh, to,
1: I'm not going to lie to you, Jordan. Uh, I uh, I would only know your birthday because uh, Teresa. Uh, found out all the birthdays of my closest friends and put them in my Google Calendar for perpetuity
2: oh wow that's a nice that's a nice wife move
1: it was a really nice i wife mean that's move. why
2: you get yourself a wife yeah, I got a great wife sure Jordan. i mean yeah, it's like convenience stuff like i'm sure there's like sex reasons to get a wife right and like food reasons sure <laughs> but but like it's probably just those little life things that like That like really let you know you made a good call.
1: I um, have a name for this week's program. Hmm. Normally, I pick a name after we've recorded the show. Sure. In just a desperate, headlong attempt to remember one thing that happened during the course of the program, uh, so that I can name (laughs) the episode. That sounds like you're a little too panicky about it. Oh no, I just genuinely calm down. I'm sure that you have this experience when I'm done recording Jordan Jesse Go. I don't remember anything that we discussed. Yeah, nothing. I often will. I will often sincerely. Not be able to remember something to name the show, and have to make the intern listen to the show <laughs> until something funny happens, yeah. and then tell me that we should name the show that. Gotcha. Um, but this week, I think I'm going to uh, name it ahead of time, in okay. honor of my 30th oh, birthday. Oh, wow. All
2: right. Are you afraid that'll affect the content?
1: Uh, I think it's going to only going to affect the content positively, Jordan. Okay. It's going to be called uh, 30 Years of Exemplary Customer Service.
2: <laughs> oh, that referring to you. Yeah. Well, I'm 30 years old. Can't we just name it Face Off? <laughs> <laughs> Face Slash Off? That's better. I mean, think about it. Think about it. I mean, it's your call ultimately. Certainly, You're the one posting it.
1: Certainly the flock of doves I'm planning to release later works yeah. better with the name Face Off sure. than it does with 30 years of exemplary customer service.
2: It does. It does fit into, it's fit into the whole john woo thing a little bit better okay we've got lots more to come okay did you want to talk about being 30 or we yeah we're gonna talk about it on the other side of the break okay
1: i gotta pee honestly jordan
2: okay because i mean i have lots more mid-90s john travolta things i'd like to talk about
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll be back in just a second jordan jesse go Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. A beautiful day here in Mount Washington. Mm Mm-hmm. One of Los Angeles' original suburban developments. Just northeast of, what's that called? Dodger Stadium.
2: Absolutely, sure. Within walking distance from a Mexican restaurant with the Three Stooges painted on the side. Oh,
1: it's a Mexican version of the Three Stooges, Jordan.
2: Oh, is it? Look, they look, they, they look they Latino to me. Feet. Oh, I, I, I've only dr- driven past it.
1: Yeah, I was checking it out. Well, I hadn't mm. thought about it a lot, and then you were, you were talking about it, because I think a, last week or two weeks ago, you got lost, mm-hmm. and you said it was because you missed your key landmark, Mexican Three Stooges. Right. Uh, I checked them out. I think it is a Latino version of the Three Stooges. Even better. I might be mistaken. Even better. But I I believe that sure. is what it have is. Have you Jordan. have
2: you been in this restaurant and are you planning on going inside?
1: Uh, I am planning on going inside. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I have not yet though. Mm-hmm. I've been focusing on uh, tacos. Okay. Tostadas. Sure. And no, just tacos and tostadas so far.
2: Sure. But this is a place where you can get them, presumably, right? Mariscos. Sure.
1: Tacos, tostadas, y mariscos. <laughs>
2: <sighs> well let me know as soon as you go into the Mexican Three Stooges restaurant please okay full report
1: I'm, okay let's talk about me turning 30 yeah George. sure this is important it's good it's good that uh, we have we're guestless on a show when, and something sure. genuinely important has happened yeah for the first time in years
2: you're right, I know, yes We do not leave, lead important lives No,
1: we really We're not, we're not sitting on the nuclear button no. We're not in the midst of the Cuban Missile Crisis
2: Hell, I'm trying not to have feelings Yeah <laughs> So yeah,
1: I won't even watch Dramatic television programs <laughs> I'm afraid of them I, I've recently taken up Watching the British version Of the Antiques Roadshow in my in my oh, yeah, effort sure. to completely avoid feelings, real mm. or simulated, <laughs> um, but I am turning I am turning thirty. My dad, uh, my dad was giving me advice on. Well, I've, I have two conversations about my birthday with my dad. Sure, one was this. He called me over the weekend uh, and left me a message uh, and said, "Hey Jesse, it's your dad. I've got some. I've got some really good news. Give me a call." So I said, "Okay." Awesome. Sounds like something great's going down. <laughs> Brendan's pregnant. <laughs> um, so I I called him back maybe twenty minutes later, mm-hmm. and he said, "So are you in town?" I should clarify that my dad lives in San Francisco. I live sure. in Los Angeles. I said, uh, "Um," and I thought about it. I figured, well, he probably means, "Am I in that he's visiting Los Angeles and yeah, he wants yeah, to make sure. sure that I'm in Los Angeles?" So I said. I'm in Los Angeles, if that's what you mean. And uh, he said, oh, no. Uh, So you're not up here. You're not going to be up here this weekend at all. And I said, no. And he said, oh, because I got Giants tickets. Mm. That's why he called me. He called me to tell me he got Giants
2: tickets. And he assumed that you knew that and were coming I to get know. them? I don't know. I don't know what he assumed. Huh. That's what's so crazy Did know, about it. Do you usually spend your birthday up, up with No. Your okay.
1: No. Huh. And I don't usually go to Giants games with my dad either. Wow. I don't know what... I, I think my dad just got so excited... That he got Giants tickets. I mean, somebody must have given him Giants tickets. I can't imagine my dad buying Giants tickets. But somebody must have, and and that excitement sort of overloaded the part of his brain that remembers that I live in a different city.
2: Or remembers what he's done and not done. Yeah. It was really, uh, and then
1: what was sad about that conversation was he sort of tried to cover for himself Mm -hmm. after that and act like he had actually called me to tell me he loved me and happy birthday.
2: <laughs> right. When obviously he had sure, called me... he had some sort of assumption about going to a Giants game. It was to, that that it I was going to go been to the Giants earlier. game with him.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the other conversation was when, he, was when he decided to give me advice about turning 30. And he said, He said, It's not really a big deal, Jesse. And I said, Thanks, Dad. I, I, I'm not sure it's really a big deal either. And then he said... I mean, physically, you know, you'll feel, you'll feel better when you, you'll feel about the same when you turn 30 as you did when you were 29. Yeah. Psychologically, though, I guess it's a pretty big deal. (laughs) And he said, well, anyway,
2: love you. Talk to you later. (laughs) Didn't even, no, no clarification after that, though.
1: Number one... Obviously it's not a big deal on a day-to-day basis. Sure. Nothing changes in the day that you turn yeah, 30. You don't
2: have to you don't like get out of bed and just grab a walker that's magically appeared <laughs> at the side of your bed.
1: Um but yeah, I don't I I feel like I I feel like my my parents, I can't go for advice on this kind of issue to my parents because I think On
2: the I'm turning 30 and I'm having feelings about it issue.
1: Yeah, because Um, both of my parents, when they were turning 30, were, as far as I can tell, like, still deeply involved in their teenage years. Sure. (laughs) Like, my dad was, my dad was like a crazy, you know, uh, he was working in the Veterans Peace Movement. Yeah. Uh, which I think just involved just a lot of drinking, and weird sit-ins sure. and stuff. Uh I know that Pet snakes. I know that probably it, a, probably at one point issue. at one point he painted the inside of his bathroom to look like uh the to look like a serviceman's coffin. Right. Um while listening to paint it black over and over and over on a forty five RPM record player. Great. Um, this was around thirty. Yeah, this was right around thirty. This is things this is under the category okay. things my parents did when they were about thirty. My mom's, friend, uh, my mom's friend, Crackle, was climbing the RKO Tower in Washington, D.C. because he believed himself to be King Kong. Sure.
2: Also, your mom was friends with someone named Crackle. Yes. Another way in which maybe she was a it bit might behind have been, the curve.
1: You know, now that I think about it, it might have been Pickle mm. or possibly Pickles. Okay. That was her friend that climbed the RKO Tower. Well,
2: I mean, you know. I just, we're, we're splitting hairs here at this point. I just feel like
1: my parents' anecdotes about their young adulthoods mm-hmm. are so unrelatable to me. They come from this crazy alternate universe. You know what I mean? Like, any time right. my... I only found out my dad... Um, uh, my dad was sitting at the family dinner table when I was like 16 with, you know... Uh, my brother, my brother John, was sitting there. He was maybe eight, mm-hmm. and uh, my brother Brendan was there. He was two year old. My stepmother was there. He made some offhand remark. He said, "Well, when I was married to Lorraine, not one of us had ever heard of Lorraine." Yeah, <laughs> right. Like what? When you were married to who? <laughs> and so uh, my parents my parents' lives in their in their like through i th- basically think through when I was born mm-hmm. um or through when when they got together, which was you know i kind of nine months before I was born sure ish um i i it, it is this thing that I do not understand it mm-hmm. I have never had any single experience like it um and it may just be because I don't know, like because I never drank.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I, I think that's probably a bigger part of it. I mean, it seems like it seems like substances were a big part of your parents' young adulthood. Well, th- I think my and parents' like cultures that went along with substance, you know, like a cult- subcultures where substances were were par for the course.
1: My parents were both. I mean, they were both born in the early nineteen forties um i want to say 42 and 43 or 43 and 44 something like that and um i think that they both they both really really lived the, their generational experiences sure. just 10 out of 10 like all these all these guys you know running vintage guitar stores have nothing on my parents <laughs> right and my parents only even began to get their acts together in their mid-30s. Like, I, I was born when my parents were like 35-ish, mm-hmm. 36-ish, something like that. 36 and 37, mm-hmm. 36 and 35, something like that. And uh, uh, there is some reason for me to believe that my mom just tricked my dad into impregnating her. Sure. Um, not, that's not confirmed. Mm-hmm. I want to make that clear. Right. Um, I don't want to get any emails from my mom about this. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I don't know like what would I say to them about what it's like you know? But I know that once Teresa has a baby, I can talk to them about what it's like to have a baby. Sure. I know that, that they can relate to that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't definitely didn't spend their twenties building a podcast empire. Right. You know what I mean? Sure.
2: Uh yes. No, no, and I, I definitely I definitely like, having two parents who aren't creative definitely feel like this, you know, feel like this disconnect, like, there's just something, like, you know, that, like, I, that kind of idea that a creative person has, or that, like, reality that a creative person has of not knowing where their next job is going to come from is a big thing with talking to my mom. Um, and she's a nurse. She's been a nurse uh, all her life, and just, like, this idea of, you know, I think she just thinks that I you know, have a job and we'll have it too when I don't want it anymore. But <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely a thing that I feel like is just impossible to have a conversation with her about.
1: Yeah. I do have to say that my parents are, they, they have always been very understanding about, uh, my, the vow of poverty that I took when I decided to become a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, And or public radio host or whatever, because neither of my parents had a real job job. Mm. I don't think actually now that I think about it, my dad has barely had a real job job in his entire life. Sure. For a while, he was an associate professor at the University of San Francisco Business School. But he was only teaching one or two classes. Mm -hmm. But I remember when my mom got... When my mom got... My mom went to grad school when I was like 8 or 10. Mm -hmm. I remember when she got a... uh, When she got her first full-time teaching job, what the difference in our life was for her. Because she had worked in a store before that when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, the difference in our life when she just had a real job. Mm -hmm. And so they definitely have never been, like, negatively judgmental about me not having a real job.
2: Do they both have master's degrees? Uh,
1: Yes. My dad has a master's in business administration. Mm. He also apparently has, like, three quarters of a master's, like, an all uh, all but, you know getting approval on his dissertation or something in Asian Studies, which is another thing that I sure. found out when yeah, I was 19, yeah. that my dad was in a master's program for Asian Studies at UC Berkeley for two and a half <laughs> years. Also, that he worked as an urban planner for a while. Hey. I had God, no yeah, I'm idea. I'm always blown
2: away by these people who have had all these different jobs. I'm like, I have trouble getting a job. Like, yeah. one, you know, like, and also... How long do you have to have a job before you can start saying that you had it? Like, was this two weeks? Like, you know.
1: My dad, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a completely perplexing world. But I do know that my mom is confused. Now that I do have a real job, mm-hmm. my mom is confused about why I have what amounts to a normal middle class person's income. Sure. In in My dad once gave me some advice When, when I was super, super broke Like mm-hmm. a year after I got out of college yeah. And um, I was I had moved Teresa and I had moved in together in San Francisco And I was Teresa had a job And I was desperately trying to find a job mm-hmm. Any kind of job Just applying for job after job after job And not getting any of them And I had been unemployed for like three months Of like really hard search searching for a job, maybe six months, even Um, I called my dad because I needed some money and um, I had never like, I know that there are some people who uh, it was a thing for them to ask their parents for money. Uh, but my parents, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't in your family, right? Like, oh yeah, no, I've never, I've never. uh, Yeah. Like, you know how you meet some people and they're like, yeah, I got to call my parents and ask them to send me some money. Yeah,
2: no. And, and, uh, yes, absolutely. I am aware of this kind and yes, that is baff, like I, yeah, baffling.
1: So confusing, right? You're like, your parents just send you money?
2: Yeah. Um, but anyway, I we were like... I, I was, You know, and, it's, and they do say it with that tone that's like, oh, I dinged the car, you yeah. know, like, oh, I took out dad's station wagon and I hit a, you know, I opened the door into a light post. They say it with that kind of gee whiz. Yeah. They're sure going to be sore about this. Like, anyways.
1: So I had literally never asked my parents for money for anything. Yeah. Um, and... My my mom did when I got my driver's license when I was 20, 21, mm-hmm. possibly. Uh, my mom did pay for half of the seventeen hundred dollars that I spent on my first El Camino. Sure, um, but I had never asked my parents for money, and I asked my dad for money, and he told me this story.
2: <laughs> well, I'll loan you to the money, but you have to listen to a story first.
1: <laughs> he told me this story about how, um, about how I think it was, I think it was when he was married to Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And he and Lorraine, Lorraine were, Newman <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he and Lorraine were, were so broke that they 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 were like about to get evicted from their apartment or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad asked his parents for money, and my dad's parents were um, uh, my dad's parents were you know comfortably middle class. Mm-hmm. Like my dad's dad was a successful accountant, and my dad's mom was a, a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, a school nurse for a while, but then sure. a full-time mom. And um, so he 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 told me this story about asking his parents for money when they literally... He said they didn't have money to buy food. Mm-hmm. He said they needed money to buy food. And, um, and <laughs> they wouldn't give it to him because they thought it would build his character. Yeah. And he said, and that was like one of the worst things that, that ever happened to me. Anyway... I can't give you any money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. That was the worst thing that ever happened to me.
1: And he just said he didn't give me... He just didn't give yeah. me any money.
2: I mean, I presume he
1: didn't have any money to give sure, me. Sure, yeah. But it was really funny.
2: Like, Teresa had a job, though. So you guys, you know, you could at least... I mean, obviously, it's not a good feeling to be yeah, I mean, to be t- jobless when you're... Yeah, definitely. Two, two
1: two working. people two people on living on one, you know... Twelve dollar an hour income was was tight, things yeah. were tight, sure uh but yeah no i we we had means to eat, yeah, uh but it was just funny to me that he told me the story of when his parents uh didn't give him any money. To illustrate the saddest thing that ever happened to me. Right. Uh, to drive home the point, I guess, that he wasn't going to give me. Any money. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: It was the saddest thing that ever happened to me. And I am passing that sadness on to you. Anyway,
1: right my, my parents, like, my parents didn't didn't do... I mean, it's funny because they both, like, you know, my dad helped found this really important peace organization that, you know, later John Kerry ran for president. Mm-hmm. Um uh, a, from, out of um, and that's a monumental accomplishment but I think that his life was just a total disaster in sure. almost every way until he was 37
2: yeah it seems, like, I mean, it seems like that's definitely a kind of person who works in the non-profit space as someone who is building this amazing thing you know with total disregard for their own comfort but also their their, their shit's a mess
1: yeah, I mean, my dad. Like, there's always a secret coming out of his past. Yeah, I remember
2: yeah. I read this book called <clears throat> Hackers, <clears throat>
1: which is a great book uh, by Steve. It's I've seen
2: the movie Jesse. The no- I've seen the movie yeah. Hackers. Yeah, it's just with Angelina Jolie. It's and the, Johnny Lee Miller. I don't know. It's the, the
1: novelization the of that
2: film. Oh, okay. This came after the movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, if it's, it's as good as the novelization of Home Alone, I'm there.
1: It's this movie. It's this. It's this book about uh, sort of pr- the people who created, who invented. Computers, like mm-hmm. personal computers sure. in the '60s and '70s, and a great book. And um, and I was talking to my dad about how much I was enjoying that book, and he said, "Let me look at that book." And he, and he just pointed out like six people that were like his friends. No, oh, funny. That he like lived in weird communes with yeah, or whatever. Yeah. My mom my mom still has friends that live in weird communes.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, sure. It seems like that that generation of people, some people are still doing that. She's got she's got
1: some friends who uh, live in this commune. It's funded by money that came in from uh uh from one of the guys who lives in the commune invented the chip that plays music when you open a greeting card.
2: Oh wow. They're just coasting <laughs> off that, huh? <laughs> they're just coasting off that. that sure. And-
1: Probably, they're probably growing pot. I don't know.
2: Yeah, the pot. <laughs> yeah.
1: Probably those two things. Mm-hmm. But they may just be growing pot just to defray def- uh, to just to defray their pot buying costs.
2: That, absolutely. Yeah, it gets to a certain point. I mean, yeah, you got to look at your pot intake. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what to make
1: of the fact. I mean, it's weird because you know, here I am. I'm 30 now, sure. as of today, currently. Um, and uh, you know, Ray Romano was on the on an upcoming episode of The Sound of Young America. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was kind enough to point out that uh, given my receding hairline and my penchant for wearing neckties, uh, I would probably age well. Mm-hmm. He, he said that in a nice way. Um, and certainly, have I always had dad-like qualities? Yes. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But now I'm like, well, why didn't I climb an RKO tower or something?
2: Oh yeah, sure. I mean, why? Didn't why was you? I so
1: busy uh, trying to avoid the nightmarish unevenness of my own early years by <laughs> right. building a financial and uh uh work and family foundation, a stable foundation for my future life. Yeah. <laughs> before I had children. Yeah,
2: what do you think? What do you, I mean, what was, what's the number one? What's the number one? Or you can have a top 3 if you want to. What's the number one or top 3 things that you feel like you just cannot do now that you're 30 like that you would have wanted to
1: fuck a model sure fuck two models yeah model three-way and fuck just a whole bunch of models yeah. just like a whole bunch of different different like model co-
2: trains yeah absolutely oh man
1: different scales Living when i train. say different models i mean different scales so like an ho an o yeah
2: um <laughs> you classify trade models i don't know anything about them yeah
1: Huh. I think I learned that from Hackers, the book Hackers. Mm. Did you know that the early Hackers uh, were, they uh, learned to create computers from building really complicated model train setups? I did not. It's true. At Wait, MIT. So
2: so are all of your regrets fuck related? No, not a,
1: very few of them are fuck related. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because I, I don't know if I really have regrets. Sure. Like, I don't know what it is that I would have done. hmm but there's just this nagging sense that there must be something. Sure, you know what I mean. Like I've pretty much, you know, like I, I, I wanted to be a bro- become a broadcaster. I, yep. That seemed really fun to me. Mm-hmm. I did it. Now I'm a success. Sure, you know, so that's great. Mm-hmm. I, i um, you know, I fell in love with my wife when I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. Pretty much stayed in love with her. Sure. Eventually married her. Mm-hmm. Very happy with that. Good. I have no like feelings like, God, why did I get married? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure if I should adopt dogs, but <laughs> yeah. I got one and it worked out really well. And then I got sure. another one. I like that mm-hmm. one practically nearly as much as I like the first one. <laughs> um, however, however, that having been said, I feel like I've, I, you know, driving forward so fast, who knows what I missed?
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Do you maybe there maybe would you like to have spent time in a foreign country? Is that something you wish? I
1: had? haven't spent much time in foreign countries. I feel like I I spent all this time in foreign countries when I was a kid mm-hmm. with my mom. Yeah. Uh and uh, so my mom's quite the quite the traveler. Yeah. And um yeah. I have I have hardly stepped foot in a foreign country since I have been an adult. I went to Laos for a few weeks mm-hmm. uh to work. Yeah. And um I I've spent a a few weeks here and there in Mexico, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've hardly been out of the country in ten years. Yeah, I feel like one of those people that isn't. That's not a thing they do. Except that, yeah, it totally is a thing I do. I just have that inconvenient that inconvenient uh, uh, that inconvenient combination. Of both being broke and having a lot of responsibilities.
2: Sure, yeah. And I, I it, yeah, it seems like that's a kind, and I don't know. And I, and I look at the kinds of people that do this and I really envy it, but see no way of doing it for myself. Those people who like when they finish a job or when they lose a job or, you know, kind of when there's some sort of break in their career. They just go and live in a foreign country for a few months. And I know that's a really – I mean, it's a really popular post-college thing to do. And maybe that's just the ideal time to do it. But I – it seems fun to me. You know, it seems really cool. I'd like to be one of those people who said like, oh, yeah, like, you know, uh, sure, I lived in South America for a month. You know, and I attended bar or something. But I don't – like, my brain – can't fathom how you do that and not die. Like, how do you? Like, where do you get the money for that? What do you do? What? How do you get back? What do you do when you come back?
1: My like, my friend, my, one of my best friends, Adam Katz, who mm-hmm. we actually saw sure. when we were in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Uh, he happened to be in, in Ann Arbor when we were there. Um, he went to Columbia Law School. Mm-hmm. Graduated from Columbia Law School, had a job offer. Yeah. Job offer got postponed. I don't know if you've heard about this law school situation, but it's a real fuck fest for <laughs> everybody. Sure. Um, uh, that's the wrong word. Not fuck fest.
2: <laughs> a bad Cluster A fuck. bad kind of fuck fest. Yeah. yeah. A bad kind of fuck. A, cl- negative, a negative fuck fest where there's not enough mattresses and everybody is uh, yeah. Everybody's annoying. Yeah. Yeah
1: um and uh so he went and lived in australia for a few months yeah
2: no i definitely remember uh us having that conversation with him and also thinking that like how the fuck did you do that like a plane ticket like a plane ticket would like be most of the money i have
1: yeah and what's funny about it is it's like then you're like well he's just a rich kid and then i'm like wait a minute no We've been friends since I was 10. I know his parents. He's not a rich kid. Yeah. Not at all. He, just some people have a greater sense of possibility than I do.
2: Yeah. No, and maybe that is. And maybe it is just a, like, you know, being willing to take your bank account down to zero. Yeah. And then just seeing what happens. And maybe that is just a personality trait that I don't possess. And I think that's what it is. I mean, I think the part of me just assumes when everyone is telling me that I took a month off to go to Brazil story— is I always think oh your parents just gave you $5,000 right to, and that's what got it started well I assume that too I mean that's that's
1: my the my I think the byproduct of me having spent my middle school years yeah. in an incredibly fancy private school on scholarship sure. is that I just assume that anything good that happens to anyone it's else is because their parents, gave, their them parents $5, gave them $5,000 sure but that's why they have a Lynx and a Game Gear <laughs> oh man that's why they've got Warrior season tickets sure. whatever
2: yeah but, but no I mean, but maybe it is more. Maybe it is more than that. Maybe it is just that willingness to say, like, well, when I come back from this, I will have zero dollars in my banking.
1: But I'll tell no, you what, I though, figure it out.
2: I think, and that, I'm attractive. Usually, they're attractive. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I think that those two things are related, though. Sure, I think that when you're a rich kid, yeah, you, excuse me, it's okay. I do think that those two things are related though. I think that when you are a rich kid, sure. you have a you have a sense that if anything goes wrong, you can always ask your parents for money. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if you can't, actually.
2: Yeah, right. And maybe like, even you if your parents th- yeah, sure. have told
1: you they'll never give you any money because you have to learn to support yourself. Yeah, just
2: maybe that idea of money always exists. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whereas if if you've actually paid for your doctor visit with a sticker <laughs> from the state of California,
2: um, then... Or dressed your own wound with things you find in a dumpster. <laughs> Like I have.
1: That's a that's one of the things they don't talk a lot about when when they talk about the dumpster diving diving hobby. Yeah, right. Is wound dressing its advantages for wound dressing? Mm-hmm. You can find an old banana, for example, it makes sure, a great no, poultice. Like,
2: absolutely, a natural adhesive too. As a natural, it has its own little adhesive,
1: and it's wonderful uh, if you get in an argument with somebody who uh, believes in evolution. You can just demonstrate it's got a natural handle. And only exactly. an intelligent designer could sure. have created would that. would have bananaed Anyway, I don't know. I don't know about what... It's funny because I, there are, I am of two minds. Mm-hmm. One is that as I become a grown-up, mm-hmm. I think, oh, well, it'll be fine. Like, I took care of my... You know, I'm going to have a baby, but, you know, I, I helped take care of both of my brothers when they were babies. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I babysat from when they were little babies and changed their diapers and sure. so on and so forth, and so I'm not I'm not that scared about that, mm-hmm. and I've always been a dad, so I'm not giving up any carousing that I was doing before. Sure,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like it seems like the guys who are uncomfortable when it comes time to settle down are guys who have had a wild past, but. But I might on the argue, other hand, I might argue that you are wilder now than you have ever been. Yeah, I think because that's you probably, like stay up a little later or something.
1: Yeah, well, that's because these new migraine pills I've been taking. Hey, that's pretty great. Yeah, have I even mentioned that on Jordan? University Go,
2: I don't know. I feel like our migraine pills a good topic for conversation. No, but I feel like I should. <laughs> I should say that
1: I have been taking a new kind of migraine pill that seemed like maybe they're working. Sure. So that's great. And it's
2: allowing you to carouse more than you would.
1: Yeah, at least stay up till midnight. <laughs> like sure. a normal fucking human yeah. being. Um, yeah, I don't stay know. Stay up to see
2: the end of night line.
1: So I, here's, here's an action item for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, suggestions for things I should do in the next three months. Mm-hmm. So between now and three months from now. Yeah. Uh, that, by the way, a, a birthday message from my mother-in-law. Oh, nice. Uh, that you may have just heard on off-microphone. Very sweet. Um, things I should do between now and when my child is born, yeah. in the first three months of my 30s, that we're going to count as the last three months of my 20s. Okay. Um, uh, well, well, I still can. We'll see. Maybe I'll even do one of them. Okay. Doesn't seem like. Well, I
2: mean, first, before the baby comes, you should probably plug up all these electrical sockets, because they get, they get in there.
1: Is that the kind of thing we're thinking of? No, they get... it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not outrageous, but it's practical. No,
1: you mean I should buy some forks for my baby.
2: Yes, exactly. For my baby to play with. some play forks. Yeah. Sure, you have your eaten forks. Sure. But then you have the baby's play forks.
1: Some little play forks. Yeah. They're they're for babies because they're smaller. Mm -hmm. That way they can get in stuff.
2: Right, exactly. They're they're little hands.
1: Plus, i got to sharpen the corners of my coffee table.
2: Oh, sure, yeah.
1: Because otherwise, you know...
2: It's just gauche If it's if you have dull edges on your coffee table, I mean, I, I I'm no interior designer, but
1: so if you have an idea or you have some relevant experience to share, 206 9844 fun is and the I number guess to I'll, call. I mean
2: I guess I guess I am I'm turning twenty nine in a few days. I guess maybe I'll even take. I'll even take some last year of 20s suggestions from people.
1: And um here's one more here's one more thing. Mm-hmm. If you have a suggestion for when we should change our iTunes description so it doesn't say two guys in their mid 20s, let me know.
2: Does that say what is, what's what it says on our podcast? I have not changed
1: the description of our show. Since we started our show,
2: <laughs> so, right? <laughs> mainly, yeah, mainly what it was. Sure, okay.
1: S- somebody emailed me. Somebody emailed me uh, to complain about. They said, "Who wrote your bio on the WNYC website that said I was like a twenty-three-year-old uh, receptionist?"
2: <laughs> oh, funny.
1: <laughs> I was like, I got, I got to be honest with you. I wrote it. Now, did
2: I write it six years ago? <laughs> yes, certainly I did. Um, Maybe it should just be. Best be two assholes Yeah Instead of two guys In their mid-twenties
1: Two assholes Talk about what it's like To go through life As, <laughs> as real
2: a real piece of work Real fuck nuts Yeah
1: 206 fun You can email us At jjgo At maximumfun.org We'll be back in just a second On Jordan Yes Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Let's do a few commercial and uh, personal messages Why here. Why
2: not? Let's do that.
1: Uh, let's start with Black Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a nerd rapper, self-described nerd sure. rapper. Uh, you can find him online at herecomesthethunder.com
2: Sure. There I'm you go.
1: I don't know. I'm not convinced.
2: <laughs> You're not convinced that's real? That's a real URL?
1: Eh. I mean... Number one, I don't think Black Wolf is the real name of a real nerd rapper. And the fact that I've seen this website does not convince me otherwise. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Have I seen the website? Does it have a music video with surprisingly high production values? Yes. (laughs) Um, Do I still think that there's a nerd rapper named Black Wolf? Probably not.
2: Yeah. You think this is just a ruse? You You think this is like a viral marketing thing for like Axe Body Spray?
1: I'm still not convinced that nerd rap even exists. Sure. Don't send me links to nerd rap videos. <laughs> P.S. Don't send me links to nerd rap videos. He does. No, it's, a, it's sweet. He has got a cool music video you can watch there. Uh, he's really rapping. He's got a beard. Sure. Um, uh, he's, got, he's got his own webcomic there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you
2: send in links to your favorite Axe moments. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> um, you can download his records for free. It's all online. Here comes the thunder.com. Uh, sl- our, sl- our hats off are to Black, go to Black Wolf. Yes. He's one of the top wolf rappers. I'd say he's second to Yellow Wolf, mm-hmm. who's an actual rapper who I actually really enjoy. Well,
2: he's closing in then, though.
1: Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's doing all right in the All wolf- it's,
2: all it takes is one slip up from Yellow Wolf. <laughs> yeah. And Black Wolf is, is gonna, is gonna pounce like, um, a jackal. Um. A wolf. Yeah, here we go. Here's another one. Uh,
1: Masters of None, Mm. the podcast. This is a comedy podcast that they say doesn't suck. That's how they describe it. (laughs) Okay. That is no... I should warn the the people behind the podcast, Masters of None, that that is no longer a qualification. Sure, not sucking is how we rose to fame.
2: Absolutely. Uh, on, we came, we came, we, we started this in an era where shit just sucked. Yeah,
1: everything sucked. Mm-hmm. We we started in in what I would call the ham radio era mm-hmm. of podcasting, where it was primarily about getting your calling cards out there uh, and making sure people, seeing how far you could get your handle. Yeah. You know? Sure. Oh, yeah, I, I handled a calling card with somebody from Australia today. Mm-hmm is what a podcaster might say. I don't know a lot about ham radio, and so I'm probably not doing the allusions to ham radio stuff. Mm -hmm. I know they write their handles on cards and then mail them to people that they've talked to on ham radio (laughs) to prove that they've talked to somebody far away. Sure. That's the extent of my knowledge about ham radio. Anyway, past guests on the Masters of None podcast include Chris Hardwick, our good friend Chris Hardwick, the Nerdist, Mm -hmm. uh, has his own very funny podcast, Penn Gillette, uh, wow. the uh, belligerent libertarian. Sure. Slash... I was going to
2: say the voice of Comedy Central in 1995, but, <laughs> I mean, we, we each remember him for different things, clearly.
1: Um, and Christopher Lloyd. Wow. That's pretty good. Who's still alive and kicking. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Speaking of Christopher Lloyd, I need to tell you something really important that's going on in my neighborhood right now. Okay. There is a garage underneath a building in my neighborhood mm-hmm. it is you know a single family dwelling mm-hmm. a two-car garage yep. it's one of those open garages where you can see yep. it has two cars in it mm-hmm. they are a delorean yeah and a geo metro
2: wow <laughs> are you planning to engage these people at all or are you going to bring over a casserole and just say we're new in the neighborhood oh
1: my god i have to know these people right oh, yeah
2: no it's they sound great Oh boy! Okay, so um, you can. I think if you were, you know, and I don't know what you and Teresa do behind closed doors, but if you were angling to get invited to some sort of orgy, these people could probably help. The people with the Geo Metro and, and the, DeLorean. the DeLorean, yes, yeah, I'm guessing.
1: I um I mentioned to someone offhand that they had a uh uh they had a uh, a cover on the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. And uh, that person pointed out to me that the truly remarkable thing is that there are DeLorean-branded car covers. Yeah, There's enough of a market, mm-hmm. the 1,500 DeLoreans that were sold in the world or whatever, uh, that, some, that they need to make custom car covers for them. You know,
2: I think they just know their audience. Like, if you're a person who buys a DeLorean, you're going to buy shit for that DeLorean.
1: Well, you're going to buy a cover for it because you're not going to drive it around. Mm -hmm. It's non-functional, almost certainly. (laughs) Right. We're talking about a car that was made in Belfast, Northern Ireland, Mm -hmm. that hotbed of the automotive industry. Um, Okay, so Masters... Detroit of Europe. Mastersofnone.com. They recommend that you try listening to their podcast soup Mm. episode. Okay. I'm guessing that might be where they listen to podcasts and then make fun of them. They're probably going to play a clip from this podcast of us. Yeah. Oh, geez. Ripped a new one. Well, anyway, thanks to the Masters of None podcast. And Mm. loyal listeners Mo, Kate, and Julia would like to wish fellow listener Rachel a happy 30th birthday. Oh, how appropriate. Her birthday was Friday, April 22nd. Their first choice of gift was to Mm. get David Rakoff to pop out of a birthday cake. (laughs) Unfortunately, David Rakoff is a successful professional writer. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And was unwilling to do this. And so they thought, well, maybe Jordan could sing her Three Times a Lady by Lionel Richie.
2: I don't know Three Times a Lady by Lionel Richie.
1: Could you just, could you maybe Although I'm
2: a little insulted I was not asked to pop out of a cake.
1: That's a good point.
2: I don't have a chiseled bod like David Rakoff. And maybe I don't have his, you know, scathing wit... It's true. I could po- I could be enthusiastic about it though. You are, and you're irreverent. Sure, absolutely. Like him. Like Rakoff. Yeah. And oftentimes I'm too mannered for the situations I'm put in. No, not really. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would like to sing a song, but I'm also a little insulted that I was not asked to pop out of a cake. I mean, I'm doing these people's wedding. In a couple of months. I'm officiating some listeners' wedding. You're going
1: to fucking Montana or some shit.
2: I'm absolutely doing that. So, I don't know why you wouldn't have at least tried to hash out the details with me to pop out of this cake.
1: Especially because this Rachel sounds cute.
2: I know. Sounds like kind of a babe. Sounds like maybe she would appreciate a... Sexy guy like you. Well, I was going to say a pasty but enthusiastic (laughs) dance.
1: (laughs) Um, Mo, Kate, and Julia say... Happy birthday to number four from numbers one, two, and five, and also Ray- <laughs> like they're
2: just a fan of the I am number four book and movie series. They all what is that? Oh, never man, that doesn't. Anyway, I had to see that for work. Anyways, is that something in the world from... of I am number four? Uh huh. These are special powered aliens that are all numbered, and they have to be killed in order.
1: Oh, what about the prisoner? Doesn't that have numbers in it? Mm, don't know. They also say, Rachel Ann Comerford, you're the breast. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that cute? It's very cute. It's a fun
0: thing to say. Oh, well, I think
1: of a song to sing, though. I know I'm mad at them, but... These people are named Mo, Kate, and Julia. I think they're all girls. I think this is a group of young women
2: that enjoy our podcast. No, that's not real. These are all, these are all just male computer programmers and cargo shorts who have given each other girl names. On AOL. They gave each other
1: girl names on, on AOL, AOL yeah, in the sure. early 90s. hmm yeah, no. okay, fair enough. Listen, if you want to get your message... Wait, what, onto... what song can I sing? Oh, I don't well, know any songs. Sure. I was going to suggest that you maybe just make uh, make a clay bust of your head mm-hmm. and mail that to her, yeah, Lionel, Lionel Richie style. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. No, you should sing a song. Yeah, what do I know? It's a beautiful... I, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. I don't know Originally that. written by Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Um, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. yeah. Um, Ignition Remix by R. Kelly, yeah. Step in the Name of Loves by R. Kelly, Love Planet by R. Kelly. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of in a rut here.
2: Not really. Yeah, I mean, I'm and I'm clearly just. <laughs> I should out really of touch be suggesting I don't know all these popular songs.
1: I should be suggesting No NoFX songs. Yeah. Um.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, What's that? Okay. Eater by Hall and Oates.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What about Rich Girl by Hall & That's my favorite Hall & Oates song.
2: That's a great song.
1: What's She's that a one? rich where... girl. I'll
2: just sing. Here's just the last part of a song that I'm thinking of. Okay. Bring a tear of joy to my eyes and everything. It's gonna be all right. There you go.
1: That goes out to you, Rachel. <laughs> Teresa at MaximumFun.org if you want to share your commercial or personal message. $200 for a commercial message, $100 for a personal message. They will message.
2: all be as good as that.
1: Yeah. Look, if those fucking My Brother, My Brother, and Me's will write little songs about each of these fucking things, we'll sing Lionel Richie songs for every fucking one. Sure.
2: That's it. It's settled. Done.
1: I don't know any Lionel Richie songs myself. I know some Commodore songs.
2: Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll work it we'll out. We'll figure it out.
1: Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's
2: radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
1: Look, I have spent enough time prattling on about myself. Sure. And my problems. Mm -hmm. Frankly, my invented (laughs) non-problems. Sure. Um, Let's get to you and your problems. Um Number one, I want to clarify something about this segment. Yes. We're about to answer questions from our audience. Mm -hmm. I want to point out that we've been doing this long before that bullshit My Brother, My Brother, and Me show was even a glimmer in the eyes of a certain three McElroy boys. Johnny
2: and Johnny and Johnny come lately? Sure.
1: Yeah, those those Mm so-and-sos. Anyway... Uh, you should listen. It's a great show. It is very funny. They they were great. They really destroyed in our Chicago show. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who came out to our yeah, Chicago and Ann Arbor Louise. programs. Mm-hmm. It was really a blast. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to turn my microphone so I can uh, read off the computer screen and let's see. What we got. Uh, Okay, number one, uh, Jamie emails and says her boyfriend loves video games and she thinks she might too, uh, but her poor controller skills frustrate her before she can get very far. She tried playing something called Portal, Mm -hmm. uh, but got so frustrated by the effort that walking and turning her head took that she just couldn't enjoy the game. Uh, do you Jordan have any recommendations for a game she could try uh, that she might not hate?
2: Oh geez, okay, let's see, and maybe may something that is good for couples too.
1: Yeah, Xbox and PS3. Can I recommend Katamari?
2: You may. Yes, I would also. I'll also throw there, throw my weight behind Katamari. Uh, there's one for the Xbox called Beautiful Katamari, and there's also one for the PS3. I forget what the name is but it's
1: that's a lot of fun and it's not too hard to learn the controls of
2: yeah absolutely I bought Lego Star Wars Mm -hmm.
1: with the idea that this would be something my wife would enjoy uh, because I just heard it was something that wives and small children liked sure uh, that they could that that, like grown-ups like too Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) that came out worse than I intended Uh, (laughs) but um, the uh, uh, she hated it yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah Uh, Basically,
1: all video games, the buttons are too complicated unless you played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Nintendo as a small child. Yeah,
2: and I think that's why the Wii is so popular with, you know, with people who haven't played games in a long time, is that it is easy to pick up, um, despite not being able to use a controller with analog sticks and shoulder buttons. Um, But yeah, no, let's see. Um, Yeah, the Katamari games are great. Um, Yeah, God, what can you play on the Xbox 360? Oh, uh, for the Xbox, uh, you're going to want to check out the Viva Piñata series. Oh, Viva Piñata, that's a lot of fun. You're going to want to gather some
1: different fruits? Yeah. Wait, no, I'm thinking of a different thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. This no, no, the there's, one where you're, uh, there's fruit
1: gathering. You're, you have to grow piñatas, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it is uh, it is kind of simple and, and, and even relaxing, I might say. Yeah. But it is kind of like complex and stat-based enough to maybe where your boyfriend would like it to if he's a video game guy. I know I'm a video game guy and enjoy it and I think that uh non-gamers would play as well. Boom.
1: Um somebody wants to hear our classic party stories that we thought we told a million times on Drew and Jesse Go and then everybody said that we didn't, but we don't have time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> okay, sure.
1: So you're just going to have to wait. we mm-hmm. We're saving those Can for a for a situation even more dire than this one. <laughs> um what animals could we beat in a fight pound for pound? Um, what does that I mean? Pound, like something that weighs the same as us? Well, like I weigh about 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in, so so what amount of animals? So that would be like, I think what he's saying is that would be like 10, 20 pound dogs mm-hmm. or a young walrus. Okay. That's his ideas. Yeah. Jeez. Um, I've... I don't think there is almost any animal that I could beat in a fight pound for pound.
2: I think I would feel pretty good about throttling three flamingos.
1: I don't know; they'd probably start flapping in my face, and I'd freak out. No,
2: the flapping is okay, and I. But I feel like I'd when fall I,
1: down, and then they'd get to And
2: this is gonna make me seem cold and heartless. I realize, but I feel like when I see the flamingos at the zoo, you know, it's like kind of their silhouettes, and kind of from a distance, they look beautiful. Yeah. But when you get close, they smell, and they have (laughs) dead eyes, like, you know, they forget who their children are as soon as the children are born, and maybe step on them accidentally. (laughs) And I really have thought to myself on a few occasions, I could kill a flamingo and not feel too bad about it. So Uh, I'm going to say flamingos.
1: Jeff says, what improv class should he take? Um, Well, of course, in Los Angeles or New York. He says he's in Seattle. I've heard good things about... Jet City? Yeah,
2: I haven't Improv. heard anything about it.
1: People, people seem to like doing Jet. would feel like there were some Max Funsters that were doing that. Okay. In the Bay Area, you're going to want to try Bay Area Theater Sports. A lot of people send me an email Bats. asking about that. And you get got your UCB and your New York and Los Angeles, along with your IOs. Sure. IO is highly recommendable. You could also do that in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You're The Pit. Sure. People love that pit there in New York. There's a lot of good choices. Um, can we do a Hang It Up, Keep It Up? No.
2: That requires advanced preparation. Yeah. That's not what we're about today.
1: Um, We're about
2: phoning it in.
1: Absolutely. Um, Okay, here's one from uh, Jonah. He wants to know when I started being fancy all the time Mm. and how hard is the upkeep? And he capitalized the U in upkeep. Um, Because you weren't fancy in college.
2: No, but I, I mean fancier than your typical college guy. I yeah. And the fact that you didn't wear I think, a college sweatshirt.
1: I think I was um I've always aspired to fanciness, but mm-hmm. I have always been sensitive to my environment. Sure. Um I did. Yeah. You were you were more most likely to see me wearing uh like a um like vintage sneakers and a black alicious t shirt when I was in college. Sure. Um but I pretty much there were times when Fancy Jesse... Fancy Jesse had a couple of different runs in college. And then Fancy Jesse sort of got, started getting worked into the rotation after college. And I really committed to Fancy Jesse in my mid-20s when I had a job where I was working for myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I dressed pretty well for my first office job, too. But, you know, it was an environmental nonprofit. So, sure. you know, I couldn't, couldn't go over the top. Uh, But now that I work from home and people are coming over and I want them to not feel creeped out, uh, I try and dress nicely so they feel like, oh, this guy's like a professional. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This guy's taking shit seriously. Um, Somebody said, is there a way to ask a lady if she's pregnant without getting hit if you're wrong? Yeah, be fast. Bob and weave. Yeah. Bob and weave. Mm -hmm. That's my recommendation.
2: No, I I think just don't find something else to talk about.
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, somebody pointed out it's our friend Nathan Rabin from the AV Club's birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Nathan Rabin. Absolutely. Um, let's see. What else have we got here? Uh, coworker non-grandma's asking personal questions. Stonewalling makes it <laughs> <What>? worse. <laughs> this is from M.
2: Wait, read. Start again?
1: He, I got
2: to... co a non-grandma?
1: I got um, to address this whole... Th- <laughs> I got to read the whole thing. It only gets better from here. Okay. Coworker non-grandma's asking personal questions. Stonewalling makes it worse. How me stopa?
2: I, I don't know. I'm just... First, I would probably wait for the mushrooms Hot, to wear off that you've obviously taken. Hire nem shatas <laughs>
1: to, to lick shots. What's that? At nem I question what, askas. I don't know what any of this is. Oh, uh, I think that uh, her whole thing is that she is a uh, Jamaican reggae toaster.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And her sound system is doing poorly against another sound Mm. system called the Coworker's Non-Grandma. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the the challenge that she's facing right there. Um, Oni Davin, Mm -hmm. our old friend Oni Davin, uh, asks, when the new Thorne family edition arrives, how much of Jordan Jesse Go will involve my new dadhood? Um, fifty, roughly fifty percent, right? Sure. It will be the only thing happening in my all the, life. All
2: the Jesse parts of it,
1: yeah. And then Jordan will continue to contribute. Uh, probably some thoughts about the new uh, Mortal Kombat game. I've got him. It's coming out.
2: Uh, it's I've got. It's out. I've got. Oh, it's out already. I've Spent some significant time with it. What do you think? I think it's great. Yeah, it's terrific.
1: A lot of cool fatalities. <laughs> Lots
2: of good fatalities.
1: I have to say that I did not play a lot of Mortal Kombat as uh, as a twelve year old when Mortal Kombat was at the height of its popularity. Mm-hmm. I did play a lot of a game called Pong Combat that was a shareware game for the PC that was Pong with fatalities.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. The, the pa- paddles would fatality each other?
1: Yeah, they would fatality oh, each a, other. that's clever. Anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica.
0: La, <laughs> la, 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 la.
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy
2: detective.
1: Well, we've just meandered through a solid two hundred and seventy-nine <laughs> minutes of of unplanned Jordan Jesse Go. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh by the way, our, our guest actually tweeted. Yeah. That he felt bad that he uh, had accidentally stood us up and that people should send us questions. Yeah. So we may have just been asking... uh, We we may have just been answering uh, questions from people who aren't fans of ours at all, but rather were fans of our guest who accidentally stood us up. Yeah. Our guest was Mario Lopez. I don't want it to be a mystery any longer. No,
2: I know. You can... You know.
1: It was going to be Mario Lopez. Anyway... um, so many giant thank yous to all the people who came out yes. to our tour dates. Absolutely. What a fucking
2: blast. Yeah, no, I think, I think Jesse and I both love, love, love being able to do those live shows. So thank you for coming uh, Oh, for getting, it was so much funny.
1: And you, know, and you know, what was great was um, it was so fun to get to do that show in Chicago with My Brother, My Brother and Me, their mm-hmm. first ever live show. I think we can both agree that they fucking killed it. Absolutely. Um, just nary a misstep in their in their great work, uh, and uh, it was really fun. It was really great. We and have...
2: some talk about the Alf cartoon series. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: they I, they said to me, um, you know, Alf was from the planet Melmac, mm-hmm. and that's where the uh, the cartoon series took place. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a prequel of sorts.
1: Yeah, and I said, oh, Melmac like the dishware. Uh, and they did not know that that was a thing. Yeah. So what we've learned is my brother, my brother, and me know about the cartoon that predated, <laughs> that that was a prequel of, sure. of sorts to ALF. And I know about collectible plastic dishware from the 1950s and 60s.
2: But yet you guys are still the best of friends. Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, it was great. We had... Uh, Two, like, totally packed shows at the Second mm-hmm. City and a huge packed show in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. which
2: At a public know, library, of all places. People
1: fucking drove from Canada and stuff. Sure. Thank you thank very thank you. much Absolutely. to everyone who, uh, who came out. Canada, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, all of Ann Arbor's hated rivals. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you, everyone, yes. who came Born out. to the heart, for sure. Um, And uh, as usual, uh, look, if you have ideas for things I should do before my child is born Mm -hmm. Or things Jordan should do before he turns 30 206-984-4FUN, the number to call Or you can email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design Courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records Uh, We highly recommend their best of CD, Kites Are Fun Uh, And some people think that that's not a real thing when I say it because uh, it sounds like it might not be a it real does, thing. It does. Um, it is a real thing. It's
2: just that amazing. It is that it so sounds great. unreal.
1: It it you are you will be entering the realms of the unreal, mm-hmm. just like outsider artist Henry Dargis mm-hmm. or the film apparently based on his works, Sucker Punch. Uh, that was a Do really... all the chicks have
2: penises in Sucker Punch?
1: <laughs> I, I presume that all the chicks have penises in Sucker Punch. Yeah. I don't think well, they I show their <laughs> why junk.
2: I've not seen that yet. I
1: think that's why they don't show their junk because mm. you're not allowed to show that many dicks uh, in one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. 206 9844 fun. JJGO at MaximumFun.org. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica.